and welcome to Fulcrum Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. Episodes will typically be uploaded every Monday and any changes to that schedule will be posted on our Twitter and TikTok at Fulcrum Pod and on Instagram at Fulcrum Podcast. Be sure to follow us on any of those for previews and information about upcoming episodes. Hi, my name is Sage. I use uh, she, they pronouns and you can find me on TikTok and on Twitter at Sage Sindula. Hi, my name is Claire and my pronouns are she, her. You can find me on TikTok at Claire Kenobi and on Twitter at Corky Kenobi. Today we are talking about The Fallen Star, the latest um, and last novel or adult novel in the High Republic series, phase one. Fair warning, this is a spoiler-filled podcast. There will be spoilers. Both of us have also listened to um, Mission to Disaster, um, so there might be little things in there. We will warn you if we have a Mission to Disaster spoiler. Uh, but yeah, there are spoilers. So read the book first, unless you don't care, and then keep listening. One of the first things that we get introduced to is a new character, Regil Cole. I don't know if I'm saying that right. I yeah. listened to the audiobook and I don't remember how to pronounce <laughs> anyone's names. Um, I I I loved, I him. loved him. He was I loved him. <laughs> he was so great, and it was so funny because I did like beforehand um I saw like one person's tweet being like oh there's this new Jedi you guys are gonna love him and I was like wow this is him he's so great and then he literally died (laughs) he's the first person to die I was like well dang okay you know what if we're starting on Rachel Cole let's just get into it I think so this book really was a lot different than the other High Republic books um it was almost set up like structure wise as a like a thriller. So Reginald Cole's character kind of played as this like catalyst of the plot, kind of saying like, oh, this is the conflict. Look, there's like Jedi who are being husked. And um, obviously Orla is the one who finds him. And she says, like, what's happening? I've never seen anything like this. And then we have Stellan having a bit of a a bit of a moment and he was like oh well this is what happens when you leave the order <laughs> um I didn't appreciate that actually uh however I do think that was very in character for him but yeah we have this like way that this novel set up where you're like on edge the entire time it was very stressful um and it started out with a character dying I mean he I think he died probably like what 50 pages in (laughs) yeah it was not that far in yeah and I was already like really loving his character the thing you bring up with Stellan saying that to Orla my probably the highlight of the book for me I would say was was Stellan like his like his characterization in this book and like a lot of the things that he was like thinking and dealing with were very relatable and just like this sort of this whole other side to his character that like we didn't necessarily get to see in the rising storm because the rising storm was really just him being like I have to save the chancellor and I have to like be the poster boy for the council and in this book he sort of got to like reflect on that almost and sort of realize like this is how he feels like his duty is as a Jedi and I'm sure that we'll talk more about him but I do think he was a he was definitely a highlight of this book and then yeah like you said it really was set up to be like a thriller, like even though like going into it, you know, what you know was going to happen because like you've read Rising Storm and even like Trail of Shadows and the um, Marvel High Republic comics, like we know 
that the leveler exists and is husking people but it's still like every jedi's pov is like something is wrong i feel something like at the edges of the force that's not darkness but it's something that like i didn't even think existed is something completely new entirely and so the whole start of the book is like building up to like something like tragic happening to jumpstart the plot and that thing was Reginald Cole literally dying. Yeah. That yeah. <laughs> that hurt. Although like art like it wasn't even that far in and I was just like okay yeah this book is literally going to kill me it's emotionally. Gonna hurt. <laughs> yeah. Which is also something I'm sure we'll get to. But yeah, like you said, Stellan was also my favorite part of this entire book. Um, Like I loved Stellan before. I loved him in The Rising Storm. Um, And I love him and Elzar and their relationship, uh, which I think was definitely a a highlight of this book. Um, I, I loved where it was going. My my main thing with Stellan in this book is his thought process regarding his new status as the Marshal of Starlight Beacon. I wasn't expecting that actually. When I when that happened, when I read that he was like the Marshal, I was like, wait, did I miss something? Like what happened there? Which is kind of how Avar felt when she found out. She was like, wait, what's going on? Yeah, I think that was interesting. Um, and it worked well at first I was like this is going to be bad but like this is obviously going to brew conflict between them which it did but I loved how it was approached um Stellan has this like pride you know he's very like proud of this new position that he's in and he's kind of he's kind of going through this like oh I took this from Avar and I kind of like that feeling. And then immediately, immediately he's like, wait, this is not who I am. Why am I thinking like this? Like Avar is my friend, you know? And I, he never is like, I should feel bad about taking this position because he is, he, there is some justification in it. You know, Avar did go behind the council's back. And even though she has had great intentions, like she wants to take down the Nihil. Selen had a point in which she was like, you are kind of doing this out of revenge and this is, and it's kind of scaring me, you know? And that I feel like that's how we feel as readers too. Like, obviously I am an Avar Christian and I, I do agree with her decision to go get Lorna D, you know? And, but I also can see why it's like, you know, why Stellan would, would feel obligated to kind of fill in her position and why he is prideful of it. And, but I also love that it wasn't just a, haha, I took this from my friend and I'm completely in the right because we also see him really contemplating that decision and really contemplating the order's choices at some points in the book. And that was a really great part of his character arc was who is he without the order, you know, like what does he believe in as Stellan Geos and not as like the poster child of the Jedi order? Yeah, that's one of the things I really liked in this book is, um, not just with Stellan, but with um, some of the other Jedi as well, sort of seeing like when the leveler is sort of stripping away their ability to fully connect with the force, like what is their sort of fatal flaw that they usually can like push back? Like for Stellan, it's his pride. We see with Orla, it's sort of this like impatience that she's sort of dealing with where she's like, I need to be doing something. And like the like leveler is sort of affecting my ability to just sit and think for a second which is what ends up getting her killed we see it with Elzar like it's his anger which I don't want to talk too much about Elzar yet because I'm sure we'll get there (laughs) um but it is very interesting that that one thing for Stellan is his pride um and yeah the scene where he tells Avar that he's the new marshal was like 
the one specific part of that scene that I remember is when he's like um he's like he's just told her and he's like thinking about how like shocked she looks and he's like she would look less shocked if I had like slapped her across the face and then he's like I would never do that why am I thinking about that right now I was like it was just such a like interesting moment like it was a side of Stellan that we've never really seen before it was such a like honest moment for him where he's sort of like oh my gosh I just like why am I thinking these things this is like my best friend why am I even like why did that thought even just cross my mind and like everything's so jumbled right now because of the effect that like the leveler is having on everyone and just like the stress of this new position that he's taking on and even like some of the guilt that he feels from taking it from Avar because even though he is like I had to do this and I even feel some bit of like pride and like sort of like I told you so with Avar he still does feel bad because they are like lifelong friends you know and he does care about her and like we know that to be true throughout this entire book which is like the way he thinks about Avar and the way that she's always kind of like on his mind and he's very worried about her throughout this entire crisis and like even he at times feels that he like stole from her quote unquote um and so yeah I just think that like just Stellan in general and just everything like all of his interactions with other characters all of his like internal monologue and everything was just really well written and really interesting and like like you said like I already loved him before this book but after this book I'm like he is definitely one of my favorites like I knew he was going to be like great in this book because I love him but I didn't expect him to be like literally the part that I liked the most in this book. I didn't really have a lot of expectations going into the book I had a lot of theories obviously but like expectation wise I was like oh well I I know that you know certain characters are going to be written in certain ways because I've read a a lot of Claudia Gray novels already and I know how she writes and how she like likes to dive deep into the characters and the characters really did make this novel you know like the plot I I find my thoughts are a little bit all over the place with like my feelings towards the plot of the book because on one hand, I, I do enjoy sometimes like books that do take place in a very short amount of time, and which is what this book did, took place in a matter of hours. But I, I don't know necessarily if it really worked for this book, um, especially being like the last book in really in a trilogy. Like this is like kind of seeing how these books have played out. You really have the adult trilogy, the young adult trilogy, and the middle grade trilogy. And that's how it kind of, and they all form together, obviously. But this was the end to Elzar and Stellan's story. You know, this is this is it. And obviously we have comics. Don't know if they're going to appear in the comics. I'm feeling it's mostly going to be Abar and, you know, the Starlight crew that is in the Marvel comic series. But it, it felt very, certain things I was like, this wrapped up very well. And I like these characters a lot more than I did before. And I understand these characters a lot more than I did before this book. And then other characters, I was like, okay, I could have used a little bit more, you know. Another part of this book that I that I really enjoyed, other than Stellan Geos, was the Vessel crew. I thought that those characters really made this book, you know, like I was so much more interested in what was happening with them than I was with other characters who I thought I was going to be really invested in. And I didn't even think that they were going to be a huge part of the novel. That's the thing. I was like, oh, they'll have an appearance, obviously, because of the end of the Higher Public Adventures annual. But I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll see them. That's cool. I am I love Affy and Leox and Geo and want to see how they're doing. Did not expect them to play like an integral part in the novel. Like they were the main characters. Affy was so great. And 
I w- I liked her in Into the Dark, you know, I thought she was a good character. I really, I really liked how like her story with her like foster mother and kind of her like internal struggle with like turning her in and stuff. I really enjoyed that. I absolutely love her after this book. I was very um, invested in her character. Um, she had a little part with Nan who we will get to, but <laughs> that really came like, it, it was such a good like full circle moment. You know, you're like, wow, Nan and her are tied together. And that was just a moment that I was like, wow, Claudia Gray did a really good job with like tying these things in um, between the, her two books. But yeah, her and Leox's relationship was really great. Um, Leox in general was just it, like he was very in character, you know, he's, he didn't change much until like we get to the end and we really see like how much he loves Affy and Geode. And that connection really was the kind of like stable thing throughout the entire book of everything going crazy and relationships were changing and fluctuating throughout the entire novel. But like this constant was like Leox and Affy's relationship and Geode, of course, who is undeniably the funniest character in the book he doesn't even speak but he's literally so funny anytime there was like a oh he was too stunned to speak kind of moment I was like I'm this is the funniest thing I've ever read um which was great because most of the novel was dreadfully sad (laughs) yeah I I definitely agree about the vessel crew like I already loved them in Into the Dark but they were so great in this book and played like really important roles in like the saving of like the people of Starlight and just like the whole plot in general. Like I thought they were just going to sort of be there, but not do much. Um, And yeah, I definitely like, I love Leox in general. I think he's a great character and more specifically in Into the Dark, I was like, wow, he is really great asexual representation. So I obviously was like obsessed with him. But in this book, I literally like, he he is definitely one of my favorite characters. I feel like I'm gonna be saying that about everyone, but like, (laughs) it's true. Um, I will say that I, I, there were a lot of moments where I had to take little breaks, you know, as, as you can imagine. Um, the one time that I like fully had to put the book down and just get away from it for a bit was when we thought that Leox died. I was like, when this that is happened, my last <laughs> When that happened, I was like, oh my God, I wonder how Claire is doing right now. <laughs> the best part, best quote unquote, like five minutes before that in my live tweets, I had tweeted like, I didn't say a name because I didn't want to say anyone's names at this point, that point, because I was like, a lot of people have already died. So I was just like, oh, this character is like becoming one of my favorites, maybe even like one of my favorite Star Wars characters. And then like five pages later, he we thought he died. And I was yeah. like, wow, <laughs> wow, Claudia Gray. But he lived, thank God. Geode, yeah, Geode is so funny. Like at, at first in Into the Dark, I was like, okay, there's no way they're gonna like keep up having a character who's basically just a rock and have it not get old but like it somehow doesn't like they use that joke just the right amount I I literally was like crying laughing when um when Elzar meets Geode for the first time and he thinks he's like like, some holy relic he's like should I kneel should I bow and Orla's like this is Geode Yeah, that's another thing is like the groups of characters that came together in this novel because we had like Claudia Gray's characters from Into the Dark, like the Vessel Crew, Orla, Nan. And then we also had 
like the adult novel characters like Stella and Elzar Bell. And those two groups really mesh really well, specifically like this dynamic between Orla, Elzar and Stellan like really worked. Orla and Elzar um, pairing them together, especially in a way that she helped him so much was never something that I would have expected or even like thought about. Um, but it was such a good idea. Like it worked so well. Um, as well as like Orla and Stellan's relationship, especially with the pivotal role it played in his story in this book for him to really realize like, oh, she's kind of been right. Like I have been just like the way he literally was like, I think of the force and the order as like the same thing. And I was like, oh, <laughs> but like, I hope you figure out why that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Just the way Orla like interacted with the two of them is something that I didn't expect going into this book but one ended up being one of the best parts I kind of like going off Orla Jirani in this book just in general was phenomenal she was really like definitely became one of my favorite characters and she literally died <laughs> I I did not expect that one not at all literally not at all and then after she died I was like why didn't I expect that you know like I felt like after that I was like I should have known. But yeah, that was the moment. So I was planning on reading the entire book in one sitting. Um, and I was going strong. I was going strong. I I was sitting reading the book. It was like page 178, I think. <laughs> I've been sitting there for three hours and was like, I literally cannot read this anymore. I was so I was so worried that I was gonna have to like go to sleep and read it the next day, but I didn't. Um, I did have to close the book though for, for a very long while. However, yeah, her her relationships with the people in this book carried her character, you know? It was, like, she's great on her own, but seeing how she interacts with other Jedi was really just such a treat, you know? She was just, I love her view on the Force and the Order. Uh, I love her relationship with Rachel Cole. Um, the little we got of them was great, you know? She just immediately is just like, this is how I feel, and she's always just, says what she's feeling and what she's thinking which is such like a stark contrast to Stellan and Elzar they kind of have more of this like thought process and you know we see that and then Orla's like very intelligent she's very emotionally intelligent and just knows like her place in the force and in the order and so she you know says it as it is and that was something that Stellan really needed and also Elzar we, we like you said Elzar learned so much from Orla and that literally saved his life in the end. Hearing, you know, Orla's voice in his head, like what she would be saying, she was really such a great teacher for him and um, one that I wasn't expecting. And when she showed up on the page she, as her as Elzar's teacher, I was like, yeah, this is it. But yeah, I just thought that her character was really great. Her dying was really upsetting, um, but it really, it worked. It did. That wasn't a death that I was upset with at all. Storytelling wise, I thought that was a moment that was really like impactful and that did need to happen. I feel for her character much in the same way that I feel for Teami from Light of the Jedi. In like in the way that I'm like, I wish we had more of them because they're so good, but their their deaths worked for what was happening in the plot. Okay. Bell's and Afar's character in this book, I didn't dislike it at all. I thought I thought he was really great. Um, I love him in general. Uh, he played a smaller role in this part than in this book than he did in The Rising Storm. I felt um, he was definitely there though, you know, and he he did have he did save a majority of the people on Starlight. Thinking about how his whole entire um, 
arc took place because he was like, I'm helping these people in the medical tower. This is like what I'm doing. Him and Buriaga, whose relationship was absolutely perfect and I love them so much. Um, they, you know, were in this medical tower and were there for certain reasons when Starlight split in half. <laughs> and, um, and that is why, you know, he ended up saving so many people. And I thought that was really great. You know, it's, I know we see it a lot in media, so I'm not going to even be like, oh, we don't see this ever. But it is really great to see young people doing heroic things. That is like just an empowering thing to see, you know, and, and for him to do it in a way that was, was so just him, these things that he, no one else would even think of, but he was like, yeah, I'm just going to blow this medical tower off of Starlight Beacon in, in hope that this ship catches me. <laughs> like, yeah, like that was such a Bells Out of Far thing to do, you know, I loved how his character developed. I'm still kind of like iffy on the ending, you know, I did, I did think it made sense. Um, him just, you know, being like, I'm never going to let other people influence my thoughts when it comes to the things that I care about was something I didn't really expect from his character arc. And so him like going off to try to find Buriaga after, you know, because he was like, yeah, like I didn't go find Loden because everyone told me that he was dead and that I should just be okay with that. That's, that's good. That's good for him. I hope he finds Buriaga um, and that they, you know, live happily ever after together because they're great besties. But his, his character was really great in this book. I did enjoy him. I love Bells Out of Far in general. One of my um, favorite quotes from this book was something that Bell, or I don't think he said it, but it was like his internal monologue. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something like, Loden wouldn't like be disappointed in me for missing him that was so good and I yeah I also didn't expect sort of his like end up like where his character ended up was this place of like I'm not gonna like stop pursuing like trying to save the people I care about just when everyone else thinks it's hopeless like I did that once and look what happened so I'm not gonna do it again I sort of just I thought they were just gonna take it to like he learns how to let go of Loden and like continue on with his life. And like, that would have been a good character arc too. It's like something we see a lot, but you know, it, it makes sense for him. But I like that they sort of added like an extra layer to it. So it really shows that like, it shows how much he learned like from his life experience um, and from all the things that he's been through, but also just like from being Loden's apprentice, like we know what kind of Jedi Loden was. And I always sort of felt and like this book kind of reaffirmed I feel like Bell and Loden definitely had one of the like closer master and apprentice relationships because there are some that we see where it's like they're close but you know it is really like a teacher student relationship but Bell and Loden were very close and Loden's death really did have like a very lasting impact on Bell specifically because of the way in which that it happened. I, I just like the way that Belle's story arc ended. Belle Zetafar having like a Padme Amidala moment, just being never giving up hope. Love that for him. I really hope we see more of him. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, phase two is, is a prequel, as we know now. It takes place 150 years before um, Light of the Jedi. I'm excited for it. I'm so excited to see Porter Angle. <laughs> which, which that concept actually- art? literally had a moment <laughs> I had such a moment um but yeah I'm I'm excited for that where is Porter Angle in the fallen star why was he in he was just not in it and that really threw me for a loop because I was mm-hmm. like because Elfrona squad is is kind of important part to like this adult novel trilogy 
and he just like was absent and I was really worried and I was I'm really worried that he was on the top half of Starlight for some reason that's that's my fear yeah I just don't want to think about it my worst fear for everyone right now even people that I know weren't there I'm like what if they were on the top half of Starlight (laughs) that's my fear for everyone right now yeah you know actually what okay let's keep going with this top half of Starlight thing because that moment where it split in half was so perfectly executed. I was literally shocked. Like, even though we knew it was coming, we knew that they were going to split. I still was so caught just, oh my gosh, Starlight Beacon is literally splitting in two. The other powerful moment that I um, did cry at was when Top Half, like, stopped when it disintegrated in... I don't remember who was talking about. I think it might have might have been in Elzar's perspective. Someone on Starlight Beacon was trying so hard to keep it together with the Force. Like one Jedi in particular. I do believe it was a Stalamaru. Yep, me too. I, <laughs> and I'm really not excited to see that happening in the comic. I'm going to shed so many tears. But yeah, that moment in, was so was written in such a way that I was like, wow, this is actually happening. Because we knew it was happening. We knew before the book even started that Starlight Beacon was going to fall out of the sky. Out of the sky. <laughs> and since it's on the back of the book, we will watch Starlight Beacon burn. You know, like we've seen concept art, but it was still such a shock. It was still such a like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is actually happening. Like Starlight Beacon, this, this place that means so much that is like the icon of the Republic and of the Jedi is falling. The buildup for it was really good. Um, I was worried going into the book that it wasn't going to be super crazy because we knew it was going to happen. You know, I was like, oh, well, we already know that Starlight's going to fall. In the same way that we knew Order 66 was going to happen, we just didn't know how. It it gave it gave that. That's what it was giving. Mm-hmm. I was I, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, fun time. Cried so much. I've literally cried so much these past two. Like, even yeah. after having finished it, like, these last few days, I just... I think it was in Elzar's POV that they mentioned the Jedi who I also believe was Astalamaru um, because I know that Elzar, it was in Elzar's perspective when the top half disintegrated because he was, the, he was the one who had like the moment of like, I don't remember the exact line, but it was something just along the lines of like Starlight Beacons, like no more, like it's over or something like that. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I was so afraid in that moment because they were like oh we don't know if the like for a second they were like we don't know if the ataraxia like got away or like who was on it and I was like oh my god (laughs) um but thank god they did um we don't know exactly who from the top (laughs) half lived because they didn't tell us um so worried for the comics to find out (laughs) what's going on with uh some of those guys who were on the top half (laughs) starlight falling like just like the actual starlight itself falling regardless of like all the death and like character moments and stuff was so sad like I didn't expect it to be that heartbreaking for me to be reading like starlight splitting in half and like the top half falling to pieces because we knew it was gonna happen like I was like okay I'm going to this book like starlight's gonna fall but like what else is gonna happen but like the actual fall of starlight ended up being so much more emotional than I thought it was going to be which was just because of 
the characters that we were getting it from the perspective of of people that like consider Starlight to be like their home they consider Starlight to be like a source of hope and pride for the Jedi and just like the light and like everything good and just to see it like fall apart and burn up so quickly was really painful to read and like I'm still (laughs) recovering from it not okay yeah I was also thinking you know people who are reading like everything in the High Republic series right now that's where Lula and Zine live you know like that's that's where Keeve and Skier live like that's like a it's it's even the people who were not there like who we didn't get the perspective of that is like where we're like growing with these characters and also I think one of the most heartbreaking moments was towards the end where Starlight does fall into the ocean and uh, Lena So is watching it happen with all of Coruscant. She was she was getting updates or whatever, and then she was like, "I can't. I'm just watching it with with my people." That was such a like it, like powerful moment, and she's just watching this republic that she has built, literally almost died building, fall at the hands of the Nihil, who everyone thought was not a problem anymore. And it was, it's like a slap in the face to every single character because they were like, it's fine. Like we're literally fine out here. And then because it was such a slap in the face to each character, it was also a slap in the face to the reader. Like I was like, wow. Like, even though I knew that the, that the Nihil were very powerful and that Marjan Rowe had a plan, I was still so shocked. You know, I was like, wait, it's actually happening. I knew people were going to die. And then when they started dying, I was like, wait people are actually dying here like what's going on so that is something that the book did really well you know the shock factor and everything and I starlight falling it feels like you know we're in the end game like we're we're and there's so many questions I have like I have more questions than answers now but it also feels like the end of an era you know it it really does. All of that makes me very like excited I guess in a way of like I know it's going to be so painful um to read the rest of um, the Marvel High Republic comics because first of all, we're going to get more of the story of like what happened on the top half, which is going to be heartbreaking, but also because like that is their home. We have Kievan Skier, who that's their home, and Maru, Tarek and Sarah, if they wake up, whatever's going on with them. And then, and then we have Avar, who literally, this isn't like Stellan's slander because like we talked about that moment between them and how it's like not this simple but he did say like you abandoned starlight which is we know is not what happened and like even he didn't like really mean it but like being avar and hearing that and then starlight falls right after like and the fact that she was on the ground watching the bottom half fall also knowing that her two best friends were maybe still on it i cannot even imagine (laughs) i don't want to i don't want to see a single piece of Avar slander after those comics yeah. come out. I'm just like, um, oh my god, wow. The, now that I'm like saying all of that out loud, I'm like, this is gonna hurt. Yeah. I think I think it was actually Charles Soule who said it in the um, High Republic show, the one that came out on the Fallen Star Day. Avar's character is one of the most heartbreaking characters because she has this responsibility and everyone knows it everyone knows who she is and she knows who she is and her relationship to Stellan and to Elzar 
is something that is so constant in her life because, you know, she grew up with them and they know who she is. Well, everyone else just kind of just has this image of her that they're upholding because she's the savior of, you know, Hetzal and she, you know, is the marshal of Starlight Beacon and has this insane power to connect all of the Jedi. And the fact that even her closest relationships no longer have a healthy communication has to be so just heartbreaking to her. But that is something that is all subtext. You know, she was not in the fallen star like she had a few pages at most which is a part of the story that I didn't like I I did want to see more of her just because not just because I love Avar like it was interesting like narratively to me that she was introduced as the main character in Light of the Jedi and then wasn't in the Rising Storm but it made sense that she wasn't in the Rising Storm you know but I, I did think that she was going to come back in this book. You know, it is, it's the last book of the adult trilogy. It would have been more impactful in the aspect of her relationship with Stellan and her relationship with Elzar to see more of her. Stellan, so Stellan dies, you know, at the end. Heartbreaking. I literally sobbed for hours. And it, it made me so upset that he died and the last thing he said to Avar was what they fought about. I'm literally um, going to cry right I'm now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm literally just sitting here being like, oh my God. I'm about to cry on the podcast. <laughs> but it's so, it is upsetting because like mm-hmm. that's nothing. And I'm sure that was the point, you know? Yeah. Like I'm sure they were, that's what Claudia Gray was going for. But also we've only ever seen them fighting. If it weren't for that singular panel in Trail of Shadows, where Stellan, you know, makes a reference to something that happened between him and Avar in their childhood, if it wasn't for that, I don't think it would have been impactful almost at all in in the aspect of Avar and Stellan's relationship. Because we've never, we've just heard like, yeah, they were close. You know, we've never seen it. So I'm hoping that at some point in the future, we do get to see more of it and that I'll build onto it. But in in just this book, that's where I felt it felt like it fell short because I was like, yeah, I see. I see where this is going and I see what the point is supposed to be, uh, but it's like not giving what it what it was supposed to be giving. I do. I do think that my opinions of this book will change when everything else comes out and when we have more information. But as a standalone book, which I feel all of these books have been able to stand by themselves, it's harder for me to feel like this one did. I definitely agree. Avar not being in it much was like probably my biggest gripe with it. Um, One of the big reasons is because like we've been saying, like the impact that Avar, that Starlight Falling would have on Avar and just like everything that's going on, like we're never going to know Avar's perspective on that because like the we're going to see the rest of her story play out in the comics because um, she's a major character there. But it's all from Keeve's perspective, as it should be, because Keeve is the main character. But like the Fallen Star, I thought was the place where we were finally going to get to see Avar's perspective on a lot of these things. And then we just didn't. And so like, I am really excited to see how her story plays out in the comics. But I would have also liked to see at least some more here. Like she didn't have to be one of like the main characters, but she, I think, I feel like she needed to be there more. I love Elzar and Avar's relationship so much. However, my problem here is that 
the problem is that Avar really only had like little they would have like little little bits of like her perspective or just like checking in sort of with her and they were always in relation to things that Elzar was doing which I think is fine the problem though is that if you're only reading like this book it seems like her only purpose was to be Elzar's love interest and I'm like we know that's not true of her character and and like also their relationship was like started so well in light of the Jedi so like reading this I'm like okay I know they have like a good relationship and like I really like them as a couple because of light of the Jedi but like just from this book I wouldn't have felt like that as attached to their relationship as I do because of light of the Jedi although I say that and also like probably my favorite moment in the entire book was when Elzar reaches out to her and she reaches out back and that's one of the few times we get her perspective and there's that line about like the song with like the crashing of waves in between the notes I literal tears that was like that was so good um and like I feel like if she had been a bigger character one they could have had more moments like that and they could have had moments like that with her and Stellan which would have added impact to his death but also just like those moments would have had more meaning because Avar, Avar herself would have been a big character outside of her relationship to the other two firebrands. So that like when the three of them have these little like connections between like two of them or even all three of them, like it's more meaningful because they're all major players in the book. But in the case of this book, only Stellan and Elzar were major characters and Avar like was just kind of there. The women in this book many thoughts, many thoughts on the representation of the women in this book, because two characters got fridged, the literal definition of fridging. And that was something that I was not expecting um, from this book and from this author and from this series. (laughs) And that was kind of a, I don't want to say I'm disappointed because I love this series so much. And I did think that this book, there were, there were very good parts of this book, but it was so blatantly obvious that it was keeping me from enjoying moments in the book. Our first one was Indira Stokes. Why? (laughs) What was the reason? The only reason that, you know, she was injured and no longer able to act in the book was for Belzettafar's character development. Because, you know, I was trying like so hard to justify, you know, what happened to her. Cause I was like, oh, well, like they needed a reason to to know that the leveler was on board. And I was like, okay, but Reggio Call literally got husked. Like, was that not enough? And then I was like, oh, well, they needed a reason for Belle to be in the medical tower when Starlight like exploded or whatever. And I was like, okay, but why wouldn't he be there anyways? Like he was already there, you know, he saw Indira getting rushed into the medical tower because he was already there. And then I was like, okay, well maybe, you know, it's because that was the reason for him to want to get the people in the medical tower out is because Indira was there. I was like, but Belle would do that anyways. Yeah. That's literally his entire character's is saving other people. From Light of the Jedi, we have known that Bell Zetafar's like true purpose in his mind is to save other people. And so I thought it was very unnecessary that she was not in it. Um, even if she didn't have a large part in the book, she could have been helping people on Starlight. Um, so I did think that was a great disservice to her character. Continuing, the second character who got fridged, who, who was blatantly fridged, was Chansey. She was 
cut in half, actually, <laughs> violently by Elzar Man for no reason. It was just for Elzar's character development or not development, I should say. You know, he declined and um, like that happened. And I was like, wait, we're not doing this, are we? Like, we're not really going to kill her for Elzar Man's man pain like um that was a i'm so sorry i'm being really harsh right now but it was something that stood out so much that i had to pause and be like come on really like it's not happening um i'll let you talk about elzar though because i yeah <laughs> yeah i i completely agree with all of what you said um the thing with indira like there's so many problems with it but i can't like there was no reason at all that she had to be out for the rest of the book. Like, yeah. if they needed her to be in the medical wing to get Belle to the medical wing, fine. Like, she can be injured. But but she was just not in the rest of the book. Like, she was just out. And there was no reason. Like, like you said, Belle would have helped the people. If Like, he, he was by the medical wing. He wasn't just going to be like, well, sucks for them. But, like, no one I care about is in there. Like, no. It, it did like have some impact on his character development but like not enough to the point where it was necessary or worth it um and then chancy like okay i don't want to just like rehash a bunch of negative things but just like it why <laughs> like yeah. i don't understand why she had to like okay before i even get to elzar if they really needed him to kill someone it didn't have to be Chansey. It could have just been some random Nihil that was on the station. I know that like plot wise, you know, she was the one who was fixing the thrusters and he killed her. So the thrusters didn't get fixed. But I'm like, they could have made it work. They could have made it work and not had it be her. Also, just like they they set up so much stuff in Out of the Shadows that I was really excited for. And I still feel like some of that is not resolved. But one of the things made it seem like Chansey was going to be a major character going forward. And even in Fallen Star, there are so many moments where Chansey thinks about her daughter, Sylvestri, who we know from Out of the Shadows, obviously. And I like the whole book, I was like, oh, if they meet again, like it's going to be such a great quote unquote moment. Not that I think it would be like happy or fun, but um, I think it would be like a really powerful moment, especially because Chansey is realizing like, she just wants that connection with her daughter back. And like her and Nan have a really interesting dynamic because of that, because Nan is like, yeah, I want to like, part of me wants to go back to the Nihil and like get back on Martian's side. But like part of me wants to connect with Chansey and like have a mentor figure and like just have someone who I care about and who cares about me. And so the two of them were really like, not that they were like besties by the end or anything, but they were like slowly forming this like, complicated but interesting relationship and then Chansey literally just died then Nan just like runs off and like who knows if we're gonna see her again like we we literally don't know she seemed so important and then they just killed her and ended her story and and then just like didn't address it again and that's another thing like it happened so close to the end of the book so I'm like there wasn't really time to address it, but like it didn't have to take place that close to the end. Like if you really wanted to make that moment work, either make the book longer or like have it happen a little sooner. So you have time to like show why it was important because where we are now, like it it just wasn't. Like there were so many other ways that they could have still gotten to the same ending 
with Elzar's character and then leading to Stell and dying. There are so many other ways they could have gotten there without killing Chansey Arrow. And like, I just don't get it. It definitely felt like it was supposed to be for shock factor. That can work, you know, in a book, especially a book that is set up like a thriller. Not this one. It did not work for this one. It was very upsetting, Um, kind of connecting to the Indira thing. The treatment of Belzettafar. I still, like, I loved his character arc, as I said, and I love his character in general. And I, I understand, okay, I understand that a lot of these characters are going through it. But it feels to me that Bell is, like, disproportionately getting just thrown for a loop in, in every single almost every single chapter that he was in something horrible was happening to him or like he was just so upset and you know as like a younger person it's upsetting to see like another younger person in this like surrounded by adults just really going through it like there's a certain like level of like angst that is is really healthy for a book you know and is really good and drives the plot i do think that Nib getting husked and Belle finding her like overkill. Yeah. Like really badly. It, it, it And I understand like the point of it was supposed to be like, oh, look, parallel to you finding your dead man, your dead master Loden on the floor, you know, husked. I literally can't talk, but like it was such, a, it was so upsetting to me. That was just another thing, you know, same, it was the same thing with Indira the only reason that happened was for him to be like, no, I don't want to lose another master, which is like a valid like concern, you know, for him. But again, she did not have to be completely gone from the book for this. Like they, they could have had that one moment of him seeing her and being like, no, this is not happening again. I can't have this happen again. And then she could have been fine. Also like his only friend, Buriaga, like going missing. It's, upsetting (laughs) and I know that's the point but there is like a line that I think should not be crossed and it was definitely overstepped we we talked about this I think um a few episodes ago it's a similar way to how I feel about Kiev where it's just like they're so disproportionately traumatized everyone in this series is traumatized that is the point but like Belle and also Kiev it's just too much like I feel like Belle until Endura gets up Belle literally has no one like every person he cared about is gone and Mm -hmm. I know that it's supposed to be like sad but I think it's too much like it was sad already it was sad at the end of Rising Storm after he just lost Loden and you know I think it's like okay if you want to add a little more to it because obviously this is a sad book but it didn't have to be just like one thing right after the other all happening to him and then at the end he's just sort of like well that's the thing he's like I'm gonna go look for Bury and I'm like okay yeah because it's your character arc but also because like there's nothing else else is he gonna do And I, at first I was like, am I just being overly sensitive because I love this character so much? And then I was like, no, actually, because I love sad books. You know, mm-hmm. my, one of my top tags on AO3 is angst. Like it's so like, true. <laughs> it's, it's just, a, it's like, I enjoy, like, I enjoy it 
it was too much. And I was like, okay, this is, it's getting old. Part of it is because I just feel bad for him. But like, that's the case with any character in this series. Like, like Avar is one of my favorite characters, like top three, but it's, I don't feel the same way with her. Like she's obviously been through so much, but it's not to a point where I'm like, I'm literally like, don't want to breathe. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not been that with her, but it was like that with Belle. It just, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. And Keeve. And it's just so hard to, I am really worried about the rest of the comics and just what Keeve is going to have to go through. And I'm not looking forward to having to watch her. Cause like, obviously more bad stuff is going to happen to her. Like we literally know it. And I'm just like, can we please not pile it on too much? I, I don't want to see it. Like we've had, those characters have had enough. Go hurt someone else for a bit. I'm interested in your thoughts on Nan in this book. I've been kind of, I like, I've always kind of liked Nan. Like I thought she was an interesting character, but I was just kind of like, okay, yeah, she's interesting, but I'm not like that. But um, I really liked her in this book in terms of like her like character arc and character development. Um, Because you can see that she is in this sort of like state where she doesn't really know what to do next. You know, like she's not Nihil anymore. But she's not necessarily in a place where she's like, oh, I want to go and just like be a good person and like never think of the Nihil again. She's like, no, I'd kind of like to go back to them. And like at the end, she's like, I do kind of want to go find Martian and be like, oh, guess what? I I was on Starlight. I live. Want to hear all my stories. But then there is also a part of her that's like, I like this like I want to form a real relationship with Chansey and like I want her to be my mentor and I want to keep like working with her. I also liked the moment where she does think about Wreath for a second where she's sort of just like I wonder how Wreath is doing then she's like why am I thinking about Wreath? I was like so true. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I did really love the fact that her and Chansey like she calls Affy Addie and then in all of their POVs it just says Addie Hollow for the rest of the book that um, was such a good little detail that I was yeah, like, yeah that's Nan's yeah. character yeah her her relationship with Affy as well like in this book how they sort of um and it's both bo- going both ways I thought it was very interesting how we see Affy be like oh my gosh that's that girl who like totally tricked and lied to us and like she betrayed wreath and wreath is such a good guy and like I just really hate her um and then Nan sort of has the other way around and they have a very interesting dynamic that I even wish we'd gotten to see a little more of I know that like there was so much that had to happen they didn't necessarily have like time to dive into all those relationships in that much detail which I think is fine we all know I'm a Nan stan (laughs) literally so much I found something interesting in this book was this like theme of like mother-daughter relationships. I was not expecting that, but it it was really in this book that I like felt like I understood Nan's character. Not that I didn't before, like I could write essays on her character, but it really like solidified, you know, how much she has grown. I thought I felt like I got a good grasp of, you know, she's been alone for a majority of her life. And at first that was something that she was like, I can use this to my advantage, you know, like I'm I'm smarter and stronger because of it. In this book, I was like, wow, maybe you just need a healthy parental figure in your life. And in this book, her relationship with Chansey was so like, it, she was very much like wow like I'm not her daughter and I know that I'm not her daughter however you know 
maybe I want to be a little bit closer to this woman. And then she was like, well, no, like I, I just need her, you know, like blah, blah, blah. A character who was mentioned many times in this book was Haig, her old mentor um, who took care of her after her parents died. And I thought that was really interesting because he's such a minor character. And for him to be mentioned the amount of times that he was when it was in Nan's perspective to the point where I was like, oh, I know what this is about. Like, I know what her character is about. Now she just needs this healthy character, like this healthy parental figure in her in her life. Because look at all the adults in her life. She grew up in the Nihil. She knows nothing else. And so now that she's away from the Nihil, she's kind of realizing who she is a little bit more. And every time, this is why I love Nan's character so much, is because she is like undeniably a bad person. And that did not change. She never had like a moment of redemption at all. There was so much more nuance to her character this time around that I was so grateful for. And so, you know, Chansey literally dying in front of her at the end was such a moment where I was like, this is going to impact Nan's character as well. And I hope that gets addressed because throughout this entire arc of her character, it's very obvious that what she needs is a parental figure in her life because she's never had one. Speaking of mother figures, Jira Staros. <laughs> um, Girl, what are you doing? What a, what a person. I don't even know how to begin to unpack this one. First of all, Marcian Rowe. Okay. <laughs> just, just to put it out there, they've been throughout the entire series, have been like, yeah, Marga's really attractive, you guys. And now it's like coming to fruition. And I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> and I'm like, that is girl boss. That's just what that is, you know? Jira Staros. Oh, girl, I have so many <laughs> thoughts oh, about yeah. her. Um, wow, Avon, I'm so sorry, bestie. <laughs> like, yeah. these are like minor spoilers for Mission to Disaster. So if you don't want to hear them, just skip forward a little bit. I read Mission to Disaster first. So like at the very end of that, there's this moment where Avon is like, how did my mom know these things? I didn't tell her. Why does she know these things about the Nihil? So I already knew going into Fallen Star that um, Jira was like working with the Nihil and was probably the Senate spy that Martian has been mentioning throughout the series. Did not expect her to literally be hooking up with Martian. That was kind of shocking. Also... Marcian's like assistant person um I think her name was like Thaya Thaya Fair yeah I don't know how to say her name again I'm like I listen to the audiobook I feel like I should (laughs) know how to say people's names but um she's kind of a girl boss (laughs) like the whole book she's just like I know Marcian like I know exactly what to do to you know so like because they're like they're like hearing about and then eventually like watching everything that's happening on Starlight but they're still like not there for most of the book they're like separate um like it makes sense the way they did it that it ended up just being a very small group of them that unleashed the levelers plural question mark on starlight but yeah they were very like separate from everything but also very involved and the way that they were able to introduce like a new character to be sort of his like right hand in this situation um was interesting to me and like something I didn't really expect in the other books I was like oh he's like 
he's the worst but he's like really interesting so you know but in this book like not that he wasn't interesting but I was fully just like oh I hate you so much like every time he was on the page I was just like "Mm, (laughs) I'm so angry with you right now I did love like the moment (laughs) where she's like because it's so obvious that Martian is just using her yeah but when she's like Ugh, Thea will like never have what I have with Martian. Like he he only likes me. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing for you. And then Thea's fully just like, no, he does not care about you at all. What is the goal to being like with the Nihil? Obviously, she's not someone who is a pirate and who is going to go raid and kill people. You just want to be with Markeon Rowe and you yeah, be, no, like, I'm like, like how is this gonna end for her? Yeah, I don't, there's no scenario in which this ends with her alive. Right, like as right. soon as they don't need her, like the only at the very end, even Marcion is like, I kind of want to get rid of her, but like she is a senator, so she might be useful. Yeah. As soon as she's not useful to him anymore, she's gone. Throughout the book, like every time they get like updates about like how things are going at Starlight, she's like, oh. I don't like this. This is bad. A lot of people are dying. And I'm like, what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, it's the nine. What did you think? (laughs) It was interesting and was also confusing. (laughs) What's going on here? I'm getting the feeling that a majority of what is happening in the rest of of wave three is taking place at the same time. Yeah, I think so too. So are we going to get confirmation of what happens to her and how this all works out? I feel like a lot of my thoughts about this book in general are going to change after the rest of wave three is out because I'm kind of like have so many questions and am afraid that they're not going to be answered. There are questions that I have from like not even just this book from like earlier books. The main one is Out of the Shadows one because it is um, more recent than a lot of the other books and also just because like so much happened there and it was like kind of a crossover between like middle grade characters and young adult characters because we also had Burn and Emery in it. I guess spoilers for Mission to Disaster, but in a way of like things that didn't happen. Vern still has this path and there's no way yeah. that gets addressed before the end. Because, like, what is permission to disaster ahead? Skip like 15 seconds. Okay. I do think that Vern is going to be in, um, or at least like make an appearance in the um, some of the remaining Marvel High Republic comics in this wave because she is with Avar at the end of Mission to Disaster. And because Avar is like, hey, do you want to come on this mission with me? And she says yes. But this path that she got from Mari in Out of the Shadows, like, there's no way they, like, address that in the comics. Like, there's only three issues left, and Vern is not a major character in those comics. Like, if she's even there, it's about Skier and Keeve and Avar mainly. That's why I'm, like, there's, and, like, I doubt, like, I don't see her showing up in Midnight Horizon. Like, it just doesn't make sense, Um, especially if she is in the starlight vicinity like I at no point am I like oh the authors just like forgot about this like I don't think that's what happened but it does make me think like there's no way we're not gonna see her again like it it doesn't make sense (laughs) to me at least another concern um I guess also sort of spoilers for mission to disaster (laughs) sorry um where is (laughs) Imri did he go with them like I I don't know if they didn't really say and at the end he's sort of like oh me and Avon are gonna like hang out but Jira Staros mentioned Avon being like back at boarding school in Fallen Star 
So I'm like, where is Imri? Is he safe? I don't believe that Avar would be like, yeah, let me invite this Padawan to come find Lorna D. This does lead me to believe that he would be somewhere else, possibly in Midnight Horizon. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'll become the Joker. (laughs) I will be such a bad person. (laughs) But then again, don't want to get my hopes up. But that's the Um, thing. I'm like, he has to be somewhere. And like, if he was waiting on Starlight for Vern to get back, that means he was on the top half. And I can't handle that. So I, I like, I refuse. That did not happen. Why I'm would so you let me him. think that he's on the top half? That's why I'm so scared of, though. Maybe he's oh. on, maybe, maybe he's with Jordana and Silvestri. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Vern like dropped him off there. Yeah. That's okay. That's what's happening. That's like what I'm putting in my brain because mm-hmm. the alternative is just yeah. such a no. No, it- I refuse to think about it. Okay. <laughs> I've put off, to- I keep dodging the co- the topic of Elzar, but yeah. unfortunately we do have to talk about it. Elzar, everyone knows Elzar is my favorite character. He's literally my favorite Star Wars character. So it's hard for me to have like an unbiased opinion about his, like the way his story ended in this book, but in two ways where part of me is like really wants to like it because he's my favorite and I'm like I just want to like how things turned out like how it ended not necessarily like I like he needs to have a happy ending but like I want a satisfying ending I guess for him but then another part of me also is like I love him so much that I like am gonna be unsatisfied with however his story ends because like I don't want it to we already kind of talked about like why did it have to be chancy which is just another added layer that made that scene difficult for me to read and it's just like I get what they were going for like it is very emotional as a reader to see someone who has been and like Elzar is a very relatable character for a lot of people like not just me and also just like he's a fan favorite like there's so many people that love Elzar so it is very emotional to have to see him after we know how hard he's worked and like we're all really rooting for him to like fall back to the thing that he's been trying so hard to overcome. And so I feel like if they'd had more time and could have kept going along that, but the problem is that then Stellan dies. So when he gets, and like him getting reunited with Avar is a big moment as it should be because they really care about each other. And then them finding out Stellan died is a whole nother moment that like that became the focus of the end of the book. So the stuff that happened with Elzar kind of just like happened and then they talked about it for like one chapter and then it just, they just didn't. Like it just like went and like he sort of thinks about it, but it's only from a perspective of like my actions led to Stellan getting killed. So now I have to like do better to sort of honor him. The actual murder he committed didn't really get addressed. And I just, I'm like, If you're gonna do something like drastic like that with his character, especially after all the development that we've seen of him from literally Light of the Jedi, but specifically from like his little moment in Rising Storm to now, you have to develop on it more or else it it just falls flat. Like it, it was shocking. Yeah, (laughs) it was very shocking. It was very emotional but not in the way that I think they were going for is emotional in more of a way where I was like, wow, I really love and really relate to this character. And he did this bad thing. And they're not even taking the time to unpack it. It just happened. And then the, and then Stellan died. 
And then it was about that. And I was just like, I get what you were going for. But to me personally, it didn't work. It just felt like there, there's Elzar and like, we don't know if we're ever going to see him again, you know? Cause, and so I'm like, if that really is like how his story ends, it needed more exploration into what that actually meant for him. And then it was so close to the end of the book that they just like, didn't have time to address it. I think, I think for me, the thing with Elzar's ending is kind of like the message that it was sending. I, I think that like Elzar's not my favorite character. I do love him. I, and I enjoyed this character who struggled a lot in the rising storm and reached out for help from his friends. And that was a message that was very good that I was never expecting in Star Wars. And, you know, it translate, uh, it translates a lot about like mental health and like, you know, oh, you're in a dark place. Okay. Like you can reach out to your friends and you can get help. Like in that, and so that was super awesome in the rising storm and I loved it. And, and I knew that, you know, there was a chance that he would turn back to the dark side, which isn't, it's not uncommon for people who have gone through mental health like mental illness to go fall back into it and you know I do think that a lot of the struggles that Elzar was going through internally in the fallen star made a lot of sense and I really enjoyed the parts in his like his POVs and like his thought processes and I was like wow this is really good they're not just getting rid of the fact that he he did turn to the dark side and he did need to go through this kind of like therapeutic experience with Orla but him like his ending of him just like brutally murdering somebody it didn't translate very well like it just I understand the point you know like I get it and like you said I get what they're going for I do think it needed more nuance and more addressing and also this is not how doesn't have a lot to do with Elzar in particular but like I felt it focused a lot more on the fact that oh my gosh, Elzar had a bad moment, like a dark side moment. Oh, poor him. Like, oh no, this is horrible. And not on the fact that he literally killed a woman who was trying to fix Starlight Beacon. Like there was a moment, like it it was addressed barely, you know, it was like, oh shoot, she was actually trying to help. And that was just through Nan, like saying that out loud, you know? And he was like, oh oh, no, I messed up. And I was kind of like, okay, well, you also just killed a woman for no reason. And he just like saw her like by the thing or whatever and assumed that she was doing a bad thing because she's Nihil or she was atta- associated with the Nihil. And you just thought with your lightsaber, it was giving Anakin Skywalker. And that was what I was not, that was what I was the most afraid of for this book. And it did happen. <laughs> um so I don't know. I, I'm in the same boat is it's not the absolute worst thing that could have happened. And I, I'm not super angry about it, but like it should not have happened at the end. And it, I feel like the book needed to be longer. You know, I feel like there was a lot that needed to be addressed and not even like that needed to be addressed in the sense that like, oh, I just wanted to see more of it. It was like a no, this is something that is going to impact the audience's view on these characters and on the like things that they represent. Yeah, that's just my like opinion on Elzar. Um, I did really enjoy him for a, a majority of the book though. Like I, mm-hmm. I thought his character was written very well for a majority. 
obviously with him being my favorite, like his POVs are always some of my favorites, but I think that majority of his POVs in this book were really good. And we got to see a lot of like his internal struggle. And I thought it was very interesting. Um, this idea that they set up of him sort of like holding back from the force because he didn't, he, he didn't trust himself to like fully wield the force again. And I was like, that is a very interesting, like character detail for him. And I just feel like I don't, I hate to say it's like a disservice to his character to end his story in that way, but like it, felt like it and especially especially because you know that his story really does parallel like mental health struggles like that is the whole point and like him reaching out for help is like personally like my favorite moment of his character and just like one of my favorite moments in the higher public in general also the fact that he like we have this little moment with him at the end after he finds out Stellan died he's like my actions led to like the best of us being killed. So now I have to like live out the rest of my life. I'm like, why did Stellan's death have to be the thing that makes you realize that you need to be better rather than just like his friendship with Stellan and how much he cared about him? I was just like, why? (laughs) I don't know. It just was like, again, like maybe if they had expanded on it more, if the book had been longer, but it wasn't and they didn't. And like, so it just kind of fell flat. I I don't think it like had the impact it was supposed to have. It just sort of left me in a place where I was like, well. And I think, I think it is like, I have, I feel the same way about other like characters, obviously. And like, just kind of like, I don't, you don't have to like every single thing that a character does and it doesn't necessarily make mean it's like a bad story but in this instance it was kind of like okay that was interesting like that was an interesting decision so I will say Stellan's death while being literally the most heartbreaking thing to ever happen to me his like last moments were so well written yeah I literally like the past two days have literally just been me crying every time I think about it and just that droid giving Elzar and Avar his lightsaber was the most heartbreaking thing I have ever read in my entire life I literally sobbed no for like hours yeah hours (laughs) and I was I was really glad um that in this book we got to know how Stellan views the force and then they just used it to causes pain the entire book like as soon as I read that first paragraph he was in where he's like like where it's him saying he thinks of like him Elzar and Avar as a constellation I was like wow they're really about to do this to us like I just knew from that point on that one of them was dying and then his last words literally being I know who I am it was so good okay (laughs) exactly I was so like so devastated because he very quickly became one of my favorites in this book right Mm -hmm. and I was like and obviously that was on purpose and I was like wow this is like really good and I really relate to like I'm finding myself relating to Stellan so much he mm, just died and I was so upset but it was so well written and his arc was very good this question that has been brought up a lot throughout this whole series is just like Jedi being like who am I without the order and Stellan really had his whole character was that he trusted so unconditionally in the order to the point where he could not even see another way him in the end just being like 
this is me. I save people and I'm doing it for me and I'm doing it for everyone else. And those two cannot be separated. He is the light of the Jedi. I, sorry, Avar. <laughs> um, he's so good. And I was, yeah, I did cry. I also, <laughs> my mental state at the, by the end of this book was so bad. I did go through all five stages of grief in that like last scene where he dies. And then at the end when Avar was like, it was, Elzar's POV and he was like he could see Avar like searching for his song and it wasn't there the way that Elzar couldn't even speak so and then Avar was the one who was like please no the way not including the epilogue the way that the last line of the book was our pole star still shines maybe I (laughs) don't have this podcast (laughs) literally like while you were talking I thought of this and I was like oh my god these authors So now that we know how they all view the force, I've been thinking about it. So (laughs) not to like have the firebrands be my whole personality, but like they are. So we all know this. Um, (laughs) So Elzar is the ocean, which is like can be calm and good, but can also be like dangerous and unpredictable and deadly. Avar is a song, which it's like everyone can hear it and it can fluctuate, but it's like always there. And Stellan is the stars in the sky, which are always constant and can always like be the thing to lead you back. Oh, it's so good. But for what reason? It hurts. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. <laughs> I really want to cry. It didn't even occur to me because I was just thinking of the line that I think I might literally get tattooed on like my forehead where Elzar's like, my pole star and my song are like with me, even if they don't know it. I, I will literally cry right now yeah I just love them um so upset right now I feel like I've dissociated from my body in in the process of grieving for Cell and Geos yeah no hit that I just keep thinking about that last scene where he's like finally I'm going to do something that is purely and like at that point he's like barely even can reach the force anymore and he's like I'm gonna do something like not as a Jedi not as a force user but like as a person for myself because like even without the force Jedi whatever like would die to save any of these people. Thank you so much for listening to Fulcrum Transmissions. Please feel free to send us questions. You can DM them to us on Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. Next week, we will be back to talking about the Book of Boba Fett, so feel free to send us questions related to that as well. Once again, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Bye.